welcome to this week's episode of The Wow, the podcast that will help you navigate your way through the world of adulthood and the uncontrollable forces of womanhood. I am Georgina Beasley, your host, and in today's episode, I speak with sexologist Lauren French about sexual pain. We are talking painful sex, all things uncomfortable and commonly not spoken about. Lauren is here to debunk all your myths and questions surrounding that, so strap yourself in because this episode is probably one of my favorites. And if you do enjoy it, I would really love it if you could subscribe, leave a review if you're on Apple Podcasts and share it with your friends. Let everyone know about it. And if you haven't joined our community on Instagram, you better come follow us at the wow podcast underscore. Hello, Lauren. Welcome back to another episode of The Wow. Thank you for letting me chat to you again. Thank you so much for having me. It is a pleasure. Well, I feel very lucky to have you back for a second time. But before we delve into today's episode, I'd like to start by acknowledging the Ngunnawal people, the traditional custodians of the land I reside on here in Canberra, as well as the Wurundjeri people, um, which is the land that Lauren resides on down in Victoria. I pay my respects to their elders past, present and emerging, and I extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people listening today. So Lauren, how are you? For those of you who don't know who you are, do you want to give a little introduction? Yeah, of course. Hi, everyone. I'm amazing. We have actually some beautiful weather today in Melbourne, so I'm really loving it. Um, I am, my name is Lauren French. I'm a clinical sexologist working with the Australian Institute of Sexology and Sexual Medicine here in Victoria in Melbourne. Uh, I am a very proud Karajara and Larrakia woman uh, from, grew up on Larrakia lands, which is up in Darwin. Um, I do clinical practice, which is basically means sex therapy. If you've watched something like, you know, sex education or even the hilarious, like meet the fuckers kind of, uh, old movie style. Um, it's a little sex bit education's like come a long way since meet <laughs> yeah, the fuckers. Thank goodness. I know. I'm like, it's a little bit like that and a little bit not like that at all. So I work with, uh, individuals, with couples. I work with people around a multitude of sexual function difficulties, as well as trauma backgrounds, as well as sexual confidence, as well as, uh, you know, relationship issues, just sort of, you know, your general therapeutic practice, just really with a focus on sex, sexuality, relationships, and what we're going to talk about today, which is sexual pain, which mm. is a big sort of passion area of mine. Yeah, I mean, it was. I'm so glad that you jumped on it when I we had our last in podcast interview. Lauren came on and chatted about orgasms with us. So if you want to go back and listen to that, I'll link it in the show notes below. But after finishing that podcast, I mentioned my desire to want to do an episode around sexual pain, and I was so grateful that you put up your hand and were like, "Oh my god, this is this is my thing. I love this it. I love jam. helping people." Yeah. So I was like, "Well, we're getting you." back on we have to do this I just wanted to take a second to say that I really admire your Instagram account first of all is just so open and makes I guess is sex just such a comfortable place to be explored and learn I think that as I mean, I've learned a lot by doing this podcast, but I think sexology in general has been, I mean, there's been some people to really be like, oh God, you could never go see a sexologist. Like, you know, 
And I think it's been really fantastic seeing people like yourself with your account being so open and honest as to what it is that sexology actually really deals with a whole array of different issues. And it's really great to see that being broken down and to being normalized because I think the more we normalize it, the more we realize that we probably all at some point in our lives will might need to talk to someone like yourself, Lauren. And I think it's good now that it's been seen as a more of a forefront normal thing to do. So thank you for the work you do. Well, thank you so much. And I think that you've really hit the nail on the head. A lot of people think it's like, you know, people think I can only go to the doctor if something hurts, if something's wrong, if there's like an issue. And people sometimes for this odd reason believe that sex or your sex life or even your relationship is something that should just happen, should just Mm. flow naturally. And actually this idea that if, if you have to do any work, if you have to get some outside help, then that's like the end of the world kind of situation. Or that you've, yeah. you said. Everyone needs to go to the doctor sometimes. Everyone needs to go see an osteo. Everyone needs to, you know, do whatever it is. And this is just something to help support your relationship and your sex life and your own relationship with sex. Sex is such a, you know, such a big part of everyone's, you know, of of most people's lives. It's really, it should be normalised. I think it's hilariously insane that it's still something that is so shameful, taboo, so like, can't talk about it at the dinner table. I mean, definitely at my dinner table, that's the main conversation, but not everyone's. Uh, I want to come for a dinner at your table. (laughs) Uh, Like, look, a glass of wine as well. It really goes in some interesting places. Um, (laughs) But yeah, I really want to use my Instagram um, to make sure that no matter if you can come and see me uh, in a session or, you know, whatever place you're in, particularly younger people as well. I really want to make, you know, sex education as well as just general information accessible for people in Mm. a way that is hopefully a little bit fun. Mm. No, it's, and I think it really leads into today's episode very nicely because I think as a young woman who grew up with little to no sex education, you know, I had no clue that pain was something that was normal to experience during sex. And for people who maybe aren't aware of that, it can be quite a daunting thing to go through and experience pain during intercourse. Something, uh, I guess, a moment in time that's so loving and intimate with whoever your partner may be, that when you're in pain, it can feel like, "Mm, is this a problem that is this something wrong with me? Maybe I just need to be quiet about it because I've never heard of anyone experiencing pain during sex and just shutting that down, which it's great to see a lot more advocacy around issues such as, you know, vaginismus vaginismus am I pronouncing that vaginismus right? yeah yeah I'm like Christmas for your vagina but it's not Christmas it's like the Grinch yeah. stole Christmas <laughs> um, yeah and conditions like endometriosis or pelvic floor conditions that can actually cause it's it and it's super common I mean mm-hmm. uh, how common is it in in your practice in seeing patients do you have a lot of people coming in and presenting with these kind of symptoms I have a huge amount, a huge amount of my clients are sexual pain clients is what I call them. Um, So that might be vaginismus or vulvodynia is another uh, Mm -hmm. female sexual pain um, condition. When we look at like statistics and stuff, it is funny. Statistics are really difficult with female sexual pain because as you said, so many just grit their teeth and bear it, which is a sentence I hate. Yeah, because people, you know, unfortunately with media, there's this really terrible message, which is that the first time you have sex, it's going to hurt. And so everyone has accepted that as normal, which it shouldn't be just FYI, we'll get to that. Um, But then because of that, when we do experience sex later on in life, or like every time we have sex, it's painful. We just, yeah, as you said, we don't talk about it. We just kind of say, that's a me problem. I'm just going to deal with this. Okay. Sex just isn't for me. 
which isn't true. So while, yes, we need to normalise that people experience pain, we also need to say that it's not actually normal to experience pain. Mm. Like we shouldn't be. We can get to a point where we have pain-free sex. That Mm. should be the goal. We don't need to suffer in silence and kind of have, you know, everyone should be having amazing sex. Um, When we go into how common it is, things like vaginismus, uh, which I'll explain a little bit in a minute, but that's about like one in five women at some point in their life will have vaginismus so pain during sex things like vulvodynia which is pain on the kind of outer vulva area is anywhere mm-hmm. from like three to fifteen percent of women yeah. so like it, there's a large huge numbers of women. huge mm. numbers and something that you know i've only learned in the very like probably in the last you know two to three years that this is an issue that many many women face and I mean if you listen to our first episode there was a really big rant about the patriarchy where we talk about how mainstream media and just the general stereotypes and the patriarchy in general has really drilled into the fact that given this narrative that sex is for men or for the pleasure of men and that's where it comes from and so I think again it adds it adds another layer onto women being really afraid to speak up because it is something that I guess women is just a narrative that we've been told that you know give pleasure to the man and let him be satisfied and if you get satisfied as well that's a bonus like yeah (laughs) it's not a given it's a bonus which I mean utter bullshit and we're all for breaking down that stereotype and I mean, putting that in the bin, but um, it's it's sad. So, I mean, do you see a lot of women finding it or women and men who encounter pain during sex coming in and feeling really ashamed or? Yeah, definitely. And unfortunately, you kind of, again, brought up something really important there, which is that, you know, if females have, you know, pain during sex but can still have penetrative sex, mm-hmm. that, that's when they grit their teeth and bear it. I then have people coming in after, say, eight years of pain because now they can't have penetrative sex. Like they actually physically cannot get a finger, a tampon, a penis into the vagina. And that's when it becomes a problem because they're like, oh, well, I can't actually have sex now. So my partner can't have sex with me. So now I have to come see someone. And And now it's a problem. And now it's a problem. And I talk to them and I'm like, well, how long has the pain been going on? They're like, oh, like, you know, eight, 10 years. And, you know, instantly I'm like, oh no, because that's exactly what it is. And people feel shame. People feel, you know, uncomfortable even talking about it. There's a lot of, you know, this idea of failing as a woman. Like, oh, like, like, you know, my job is this and this should be easy. And as you said, people don't talk about it. You know, while I do believe we are getting slowly more progressive as a society in talking about sex, it's still only positives. We talk to our friends about that great sex we had or, you know, a funny sex story, but you don't often go and say, hey, actually, this was painful or this was an issue or I don't know what to do about this. Like that's still a space that isn't talked about as openly. Yeah, and I absolutely, and I think unfortunately it's drained in from you know the moment the the whole concept around virginity and oh my god, have you lost your virginity and this and that like people drum in the idea of sex, the concept of sex to be this most incredible experience, which mm. for some yes that might be the way that it goes, but for others it might be a really different story, and I think it's really important that anyone listening right now knows that you deserve pleasure 
you deserve to have a really good experience. And if it's, if that's not happening for you right now, go see Lauren <laughs> because it's <laughs> yes, really important that we enjoy ourselves. Yeah. A hundred percent. And you know, you should be deserving pleasure. Even if you don't have a partner, even if you, mm. you know, you're not having sex with other people, even if it's painful with yourself, you should still be, you know, reaching out for help. There is no shame in needing a little bit of help to get you to a point where you're having pleasurable sex when mm. pain is not something we have every experience, you know, and, and it's what's not, you know, talked about as much is how treatable sexual mm. pain is. There's like, you know, lots of the research shows it's almost at like a hundred percent like success rates in a lot of different treatments. So like, you know, so often we get to this point of, oh, I've got painful sex. This is just my life. And there's lots, you know, of women that have acceptance and just go, okay, cool. I just never have sex again. No, 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 no. We do not need to be in that space. If you want to have sex, if you want to have pleasurable sex, there are things that we can do to help you get there. You know, you mm. don't have to accept that pain is your normal. Mm-hmm. Yes. Amen. <laughs> <laughs> so you've touched on vaginismus and um, oh, vulva. vulvodynia. Yeah. Vulvodynia. Are they the main common causes? And if so, could you explain those a little bit more? Yeah, of course. So So two main ones that I tend to see, and obviously you did talk a little bit about obviously people with endometriosis who have painful sex, which is kind of like definitely something we can talk about, but is a little bit separate because it's something that usually we kind of go through GPs and gynos and this sort of Mm. stuff with. I see a lot of vaginismus and vulvodynia. So the difference between those two things uh, is vaginismus really simply we say is the internal pain inside the vagina vulvodynia is the external pain outside so if you've got pain that is burning uh stinging soreness raw like throbbing even itchy on the outside of the vulva so where your clitoris is labia even at the opening of your vagina then that's what we kind of go in the area of vulvodynia if we've got pain inside the vagina so that might mean that actually we've got burning or stinging pain or like like a feeling of way 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 too tight inside Mm. that's when we get into vaginismus if we've got the feeling of hitting a wall so inside like we put something in our body and it's like we've hit a wall that's what we've got vaginismus and that means that sometimes penetration isn't possible like finger tampon penis sex toy whatever it is if that if we can't have any penetration then we're getting into vaginismus territory so those are some of the symptoms of it uh when we're talking vaginismus even vulvodynia we're talking about pelvic floor I'm sure everyone has heard of a Kegel, which is like the, you know, the joking old, like your sex exercises where you like tense your pelvic floor. Um, Actually, you know, when you talk to a pelvic floor physio, they'll be like, yeah, cool. We actually want to be relaxing our pelvic Mm. floor. And things like vaginismus is when your pelvic floor becomes a rock. It is like a hard stone rock. It is not relaxing. And that's what causing everything to be tight, to be, you know, penetration isn't possible, or even just like hitting basically the wall of the pelvic floor because Mm. you're, body your vagina is basically saying no no this hurts we don't want it so like stop doing it stop having sex it's putting up its guard it's like yeah yeah. it's a pain cycle is what we call it and basically when we talk causes this is where it gets a bit difficult because there's no like exact correlation of a cause sometimes Mm -hmm. it can be things like uh you know ongoing discomfort after childbirth or UTIs, uh, STDs, yeast infections, um, sexual trauma, menopause, all of these things can cause sexual pain. I've known, you know, clients who have just had one instance where, you know, they had some pain during sex and that just caused a shift. 
So basically yeah. your brain went, okay, cool. Sex was painful. So now if we go to have sex, your body tenses up because it know it thinks it's going to be painful again. Your pelvic floor becomes a rock. Everything becomes tense. You then try to have sex and it's painful. Yeah. And then that reaffirms that cycle. Your brain goes, yep, I thought it was going to be painful. It was painful every single time. It's going to be painful now. And then like mm. the cycle just keeps going. It's like if I threw a pen at your eye, I'm not yeah. going to. You no, but you'd me, automatically, okay. you'd get that reaction. Yeah. And if I did that every day for like a month, when you saw a pen, would you kind of flinch? Yeah. I mean, I'm exactly. very glad that um, you're on a computer screen right now. I cannot throw the pen at me. <laughs> I am for people, obviously you can't see, but I'm like holding up a pen right now. It does seem a little bit intense, um, but that's what it is. We've become pain cycles. So it can be caused by something really small and little. You might not even be able to really work out a cause. You know, it doesn't have to be a huge sexual trauma. It can just be little things. You know, it can be lots of UTIs. It can be after childbirth. It could be no idea what the cause is. And all of a sudden we've got sexual pain. And so no matter what the cause, if we've got those symptoms, if we're in a pain cycle, that's kind of what it is. So while this is can be quite mental, obviously, you know, we come to therapy to kind of help work this out. There, it, there, it is a very physical pain. Your pain is real. Your pelvic floor is actually a rock. Like, you know, it, it's a very like physical and mental kind of issue that we're dealing with. It's why a lot of the time, particularly for vulvodynia, the outside pain, we always want to make sure that you go and you know, see your GP, have, you know, amazing checks for everything like yeast infections, you know, UTIs, STDs, everything like that, just to make sure physically there's nothing there that's triggering it continuously mm -hmm. before we start going down the road of, you know, how we would combat the sexual pain. Mm -hmm. No, absolutely. And before we, we'll delve into a little bit more um, about how this can be treated and, and how to navigate painful sex after some listener questions. So do stay tuned. I've left the listeners' names anonymous so that they can feel free to ask Lauren whatever they wish. And the first listener has sent in a question asking, how should she talk to a partner when, when pain is experienced during sex without ruining the mood? Yeah, I hear this all the time. And mm. I want to make it really clear that your partner doesn't want to cause you pain. Mm. unless that's what you're into in which case that's a separate podcast um <laughs> for most partners and when I deal with couples where one is having you know pain with sex the partner is usually wrapped with things like shame and guilt and you know they don't want to cause their partner pain they don't want to be having sex with them when that's causing them pain so when they then find out that their partner has been faking pleasure and actually has been having an awful time for months or years Makes both partners then feel shameful yeah. Hugely devastating because that person is then racked with guilt, basically going, oh, well, I've just been taking pleasure from a partner I thought was enjoying it as well. So and that's, you know, that's if they're a good person. It is. <laughs> if it they is. do not respond that way, maybe a red flag. Yeah. In, indeed. Not going to pretend that is everyone. But yeah, look, pretty huge red flag, like, you know building size red flag mm -hmm. uh, I would say if you've if you're having continual like consistent painful sex or you've been experiencing it for a while and you're getting either a new partner or a partner you've been with for a little bit I would mention it before you have sex 
So outside of the bedroom to do it somewhere where you can feel comfortable. It's a bit neutral space um, and bring up, hey, I just want to let you know that this has been something I've been experiencing. Um, you know, if you're not seeing anyone for it, maybe talk to your partner about, hey, I, I think I'd like to see someone get some help. I don't really know what that's going to look like yet because, uh, you know, your partner's probably going to be able to support you in that way. Let them know that, you know, realistically, if, it, if you think there's something they're doing that could be more helpful, let them know. Uh, don't be afraid to say, hey, I kind of just want to stick to outer course, you know, like things like oral or manual stimulation and not do penetrative sex for a little bit because, you know, actually let's not just keep pushing through pain thinking magically one day the pain switch is just going to flip off. It's not. So we want to be clearing that up. If you've never had painful sex before and you're having sex and you have pain, I really want you to feel empowered enough to say, stop. If stop is too big a word, which I completely understand, particularly if it's a one-off partner or someone you're just not that comfortable with yet, I want you to say pause. Pause is a lot less intense. People have this thing of like, you say stop during sex and it's like a huge big consent issue and like everyone's about to like call the police and things are about to go down. No, no, no. So say pause because pause is just like a, oh, give me a minute kind of moment. You might be adjusting to size. It might be a certain position. If it's still painful, I want you to say, oh, can we just like change for a second? Obviously, hopefully they will pull out. You'll have, you know, no more penetration and then say, look, I've act that was just a little bit painful. Maybe you want to go back to outer course. Maybe you want to try again. But if again, we're having more pain, my big thing is do not keep trying to have penetrative sex. You need to stop. It's not going to get better. We need to take some downtime. So in that moment, get yourself in a position where it's easiest to stop. And that might be, hey, I want to have oral sex now. Hey, I'd like to do manual stimulation. Hey, I'd like to, you know, whatever it is. Pause is a little bit of an easier word to use. But don't just keep pushing it through. If you're in a really uncomfortable position, if it's really someone you don't feel safe with uh, or like to stop in that moment, tell them you're about to have explosive diarrhea. <laughs> that's, that's going to make them stop that's yeah. going to probably make it okay to stop having sex or you know whatever it is be you know I, I'm not going to pretend that we're always in a position where saying stop mm. or pausing is 100% easy um, but I really want people to feel empowered enough to not have to just like grit their teeth bear through the painful sex and deal with it afterwards yeah. And I think there can always be that element of guilt. Like I feel so bad because they're probably really enjoying this, but right now I'm really not. And I think it's like, if, if you flip that situation and the person, you know, your partner that you are having intercourse with or whatever it might be said to you, Hey, I'm really sorry, but this, this position is not working for me. Or this feels really uncomfortable. Or can we just pause that actually hurt a little bit? you would automatically just be like, oh, I'm so sorry. What What would you prefer? Yeah, exactly. I Exa don't want to have yeah. sex with my partner if they're in pain or uncomfortable. Like that's yeah. not sexy. That's not fun. Yeah, and if you would offer them that space, then, you know, it, you should – it should be okay for you to feel that way. And like we said 100%. before, if they're not pleasant in offering you that space to feel comfortable, big size building red flag. Yeah. 100%. You want someone who is just as focused on your pleasure as their own. You want someone that's going to listen to you and respect what you have to say and respect your body. If your body is saying no or uncomfortable or pain, ow, just like yell ow. 
Because, you know, that's, again, big, you you know, if I hear someone, a partner go, oh, ow, then I'm going to pause immediately. Yeah. No one wants to cause their partner that kind of pain, hopefully. Mm. Mm. And it doesn't have to be a big deal. Like I think a lot of the times if if it's a certain position, if you don't have a chronic, like, you know, a, a a condition like what Lauren's saying and it's more of a, a once-off, maybe there's a certain position that really hurts. It doesn't have exactly. to completely kill the mood. It's just, oh, that was a little uncomfortable. Let's switch it and do this because I really like this. This feels better. Yeah, like, yeah it, hey, I can do this, not that. You know, maybe we're doing some fingering and they haven't trimmed their nails in a while and we need to stop doing that because that's My God, that sounds so bad. It, yeah, it is. But, you know, I've definitely heard of it happening many, many times. So, like, as you said, it doesn't need to kill the entire sexual mood and it doesn't mean you don't want to keep having sex or even that you don't want to, you know, continue having pleasure with them. It just means whatever you're doing right now needs to stop. Yeah. Position yeah. change, action change, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. The second question is um, from listener two, and she would like to know what the sharp stabbing pain she is experiencing when she has deep penetrative sex. So she said during normal sex, she doesn't experience any pain, but when it seems to be in a very deep position, she's getting a very sharp stabbing pain. Mm-hmm. So if if this person had said, deep or like stabbing pain all the time I'd be like cool sounds like we're leaning a little into vaginismus territory if it's like wall hitting or that stabbing because what's happening is we're hitting pelvic floor Mm. pelvic floor is you know rock as we talked about and that's what's happening that could still be happening here what could be happening is that we're actually hitting cervix depending on size of penis that can be happening which you know actually if we're not in the right mood enough lubricated or aroused having something hit our cervix is not going to be particularly pleasant because your cervix for people that don't know you've got your vagina which is like inside your body and then your cervix is the little thing that is basically like the closing doors Mm -hmm. between your vagina and your uterus so Mm -hmm. it's like you know it's kind of that like closing little bit um so if something's like bashing against that that's not going to be particularly pleasant Mm -hmm. if we're not in the right mood if that's not something we enjoy but I also don't want to pretend that I can diagnose whatever this is off this one question so you Mm -hmm. might need to go see a GP because potentially we're having a you know cervical cyst or something that's been hitting, you know, we can have, you know, benign cysts growing on ovaries or even off uterus and things that that might be causing the pain. We could be getting into potential endometriosis territory where we're having, you know, we're hitting things that are painful, scar tissue, this sort of stuff. So, you know, there could be so many options. Your first point of call is GP and a sex positive GP. I preface that because not all GPs are. GPs have to do a lot of, I would look at finding a GP that either specializes in sexual health or female health or whatever it is. And then going and talking to them, you might then be like, Hey, not really sure what this is. Might need to go see a gyno might need to, you know, have a few tests. If none of that is coming back with anything, everything's clean, can't find anything. Okay. Then that's when maybe we see someone like me, someone like a pelvic floor physio, because maybe that's where we're going into it. Mm. Also, if, you know, if it could just be, you just don't like having really deep, penetrative sex Mm. that's also okay to like we don't always have to find a way for you to do that 
if you, you don't, don't have to like to. every single sex position or every single yeah. sex act, just like the way that we don't like every single person that we meet. Um, exactly. Yeah. It is not for everyone. So, you know, if it's something you do want to do or you enjoy sometimes or, you know, you can feel that that's going to be something you would like if it wasn't painful, okay, then maybe we look into all those things I just said. Um, but maybe it's something you go, eh, I'm just not into it. Mm. So what are your tips for treating these kind of things? If if you're having sex and you're like listening to this podcast right now, I'm assuming you're not listening to this podcast whilst having sex, but if you're listening to this podcast and you're like, this is me, I, I definitely get pain whilst having intercourse. Um, is it treatable? Am I going to be okay? What's the first step? Do you, I go directly to someone like you, a sexologist, Lauren? Do I go directly to a women's health physio or do I go to my GP? Where do we start and how does it work? Yeah. So first off, yes, it is treatable. You are not alone. There are so many people who have painful sex and it is definitely something you don't have to live with. So do not freak out if this is you. There are so many things we can do. Um, my first point of call would be to go to your GP and get tests for things like yeast infection, UTI, STDs, all of that, like general screening stuff. Mm. Um, doing a pelvic uh, exam, if possible, if you can't have penetrative like sex or finger penetration, tampon, anything, a pelvic floor exam or sorry, not a pelvic floor, like a, um, you know, just a pelvical exam is not going to be possible either that is okay. Let your GP know that penetration is not possible in any form. If they say, oh, well, we're not going to be able to diagnose anything without doing a pelvic exam, say, okay, that's okay. Thank you. I'm going to leave now. You do not have to have that pelvic exam if you cannot have anything penetrated into your vagina. Do not think that that's going to magically fix anything. At that point, once we've had all of those screening tests done, nothing comes back, that's all clean. That's when you come and see me. That is when you come and see me and I work with pelvic floor physios. So in our practice, we have a team of pelvic floor physios as well as a team of sexologists and we work together. So you will work with me as your sexologist and you will work with one of our pelvic floor physios. Because mm-hmm. um, what we're going to do is we need to work both on the mental side, particularly if you've had pain for a while. Because actually what can happen is that we get your body to a point where it's not experiencing pain, but our brain is still waiting for that pain. We're still, you know, waiting for those triggers. So you've got to work with me around some exercises that we'll do with uh, masturbatory exercises around getting our body into pleasure, into, you know, all these other different areas, getting back to a place where sex out of course, not penetrative sex, is fun, is pleasurable. With the pelvic floor physios, we'll probably do work with dilators, which are, it's funny, obviously this is a podcast so you can't see, but I'm just going to show um, the lovely uh, Georgina these little ones that we use. And they're very mm. like, like basically what you could think of is a very, very tiny dildo. Mm. And I'm talking like size of your pinky. Yeah. And then they go up in sizes, usually to like five or six different sizes. And what we do is there are exercises, breathing techniques, all these things the pelvic floor physio will go through and exercises where we get the vagina slowly more used to different size dilators, getting our body ready to potentially have penetrative sex. Mm. During this entire process, we would not be having penetrative sex. I always tell my clients we're taking penetrative sex off the table. One, we don't want the stress of feeling like, and the guilt, like we have to be trying to have sex while we do this work because this takes some time. Time can vary, but sometimes it'll only be like six months six Mm. months of doing this treatment and then all of a sudden bam you've had pain-free sex 
mm. which is pretty exciting. Mm. It is exciting. That, I mean, for I think, yeah, I mean, it's really interesting. It's It is, can be so simple to fix and to think that, you know, so many women live with this condition for so many years without trying to get it fixed. And it can be a very daunting thing. And these things definitely might not be affordable. If you're in a position where you're in a lot of pain, Lauren, but you can't necessarily um, be under the financial burden of paying to see, you know, pelvic floor physios, sexologists and GPs and watch such, what are some things you can do at home to help you maybe feel less pain? Mm -hmm. My first thing, obviously, is without any of this sort of treatment-y stuff, it's going to be a little hit and miss always. Yeah. And I would say always go find a free clinic and get all your STI checks, all your, you know, yeast infections, UTI, all of that kind of stuff. Um, outside of that, my biggest thing and what we do a lot of work is in CBT, which is a therapeutic practice, but also mindfulness. Mindfulness is something you can do free at home. So often we need to work on breathing and headspace and like getting out of our brain and stopping that our brain assuming things are going to be painful. I would work on things like breathing exercises to try and relax your body. Try to relax your pelvic floor. You can do that at home, which is if you're peeing, so if you go to the toilet and you pee, stop your stream, like stop peeing midway through. That muscle that you're tensing is your pelvic floor. That's the easiest way to feel that muscle. Then, you know, finish peeing. And then outside of the bathroom, what I want you to do is this is the thing. I don't want you to do Kegels. I don't want you to keep tensing that muscle. I want you to relax that muscle. Mm. I want you to do breathing, big belly breathing, which will help relax that muscle. And I want you to do mindfulness, like get one of the free apps and do daily mindfulness practices. And those things are going to help to be able to center our brain a little bit, help us connect back to our body, trying to like regulate so if we get pain we can pause do some breathing help relax everything and hopefully mm. help us kind of move forward with it um and that's this is something i'd recommend if we you know if we can still have um, sex it's not always painful maybe but we're having some pain so this is something we can do on our own uh to kind of help manage that but also communicate with your partner let them know what is painful. Let them know what isn't, you know, don't be afraid to say, Hey, this isn't a penetration day. Mm, mm. This is a oral sex, manual sex. This is a, this kind of a day. Mm, no, absolutely. It, it really, um, the headspace stuff that you're talking about and the mindfulness is someone that suffers with endometriosis. I suffered with, um, I, and I had never experienced painful sex in my life, but it's really interesting when you're, when your body is dealing with a lot down there and you've got, like you said, cysts, endometriosis growing outside the uterus in Mm -hmm. all these different areas like for me mine was very close to my uterus and so I was having extreme pelvic floor tightening but it is incredible how these simple things and I was really lucky that I could afford to go see a um, women's health physio to help me but I mean the simple things like the breathing and the relaxing, because I guess when you think like if you were tightly wound up and you're feeling a bit stressed because you've had a chaotic day and then, you know, and then you want to go into having sex with a partner, your body's already worked up. Like you're in a state of like chaos. Then how can you expect your body to be like unwind? And, And like, you know, if it's 
you know, I guess not all of us have time to really prolong the foreplay and unwind the body and to really make sure that, you know, you're having a really relaxed, pleasurable experience. I guess the day-to-day busyness of life means that a lot of people just have sex as when they can fit it in. And sometimes there isn't a lot of time required, but that can sometimes mean the body isn't necessarily relaxed and the muscles, especially the pelvic floor muscles, aren't relaxed. And yeah, smiling mind app. I would highly, I do it for sleep it's meditation, a but that's a great free. Fine. What other uh, ones? Calm. Yeah. Calm Cause they released um, the audio book well. of um, calm re- released the audio book of Harry Styles reading um, oh, bedtime stories. <laughs> yeah. That was like, that was why it was went like everywhere. That's the reason I know it. <laughs> Yeah, but there's there's a lot of free like mindfulness ones, and I would I would tell people you know mindfulness is something everyone should do just for general life. It's something that's really difficult and challenging. Some people think it's very easy, or this idea of oh I'm just sitting down for ten minutes and doing mindfulness, but mindfulness is a it's like working a muscle. You don't go to the gym after you've never been to the gym before and go yep cool I'm going to do a three hundred you know kilo deadlift right now. No, you will break your back. That is a bad idea. Don't do that. And so that's like if someone goes in and goes, okay, great, I'm going to do an hour mindfulness session to start. Don't do that because Mm. your mind muscle is not prepared to do that. I recommend people start by doing 10 minutes a day. That is all. Everyone Mm. has 10 minutes in their day to sit down and just be with their thoughts and help try to quiet their mind. If you're sitting there listening to this going, oh, Lauren, don't be ridiculous. I could never, I don't have 10 minutes in a day. Cool. That's a different issue because we all need 10 minutes for ourselves in a day. If you're so Mm -hmm. busy, you can't stop to prioritize your pleasure, your sexual health, your mental health for 10 minutes. We got bigger issues. Yeah. Yep. I'm hearing you. And I've started doing the smiling mind sleep meditations and they're not even, some of them aren't even 10 minutes. Some of them are Mm -hmm. six. And I mean, there's a whole range and they go, you know, there's 21 day programs you can do, which is what Lauren's talking about. It's really, it starts at baby steps and it slowly Mm. works to increase that muscle of mindfulness in the brain. And it helps you get into that relaxed state of mind and relaxed muscular state of mind as well. And so it doesn't have to be a really big requirement. I mean, as long as you're sitting in like it can be when you're sitting on the train if you're sitting and you can close your eyes listen to this person for six minutes take some deep breaths and then that's your me time and you're on your way but it does make a big difference one of my last questions I want to ask you Lauren is your tips for still having a pleasurable sex life if pain is an issue for you yeah my biggest tip is that sex doesn't have to be penetrative Like that seems obvious, but to a lot of people, we associate sex with just penis going into a vagina. And that is such a limiting view of what sex is. Sex is whatever is pleasurable with a partner, with our genitals, basically. And so me, for me, my biggest tip is explore the alternatives. Really have a session that's just about touching each other's bodies, that's but not penetrative, you know, staying to the outer course. We call it like instead of intercourse, outer course which is when we're having giving sexual mm. pleasure just with the outside of the body. Sounds like it sounds like a very sexy it does, menu. <laughs> yeah. And, but, and that's the thing, you know, you joke, but write your sexual menu. 
maybe we want just some like really specific play with our like breasts or nipples maybe we want just a, like an exploration of oral sex let's get some toys into the bedroom some vibrators some you know uh you know uh the pleasure air stimulators as well for the clitoris and these sort of things things that are for external to help you know increase pleasure and all these sort of things also if we're not having penetrative sex and we're having a little bit of that female guilt that we're not giving our partner a vagina to have sex with they you know we can also get our partner some toys there are some amazing toys out there for penises that we can use that can be you know warming and vibrating and you know like doing all these amazing things as well have a toy play day why not you know, like, don't be afraid to really go outside and don't feel like just because something hasn't gone into our vagina, that doesn't mean sex has, hasn't happened or that it's not as fulfilling or as, you know, satisfying for our partner or for us can still have incredible sex and incredible pleasure just by playing with things like our mouths, our breasts, our clitoris, you know, we can give oral sex to our partner, manual stimulation, etc. Mm. I think this is definitely worth if you still want some um, more ideas go back and listen to I'll put them in the show notes but um, Lauren's episode on how to orgasm and then I um, did an interview with Cassandra mm-hmm. Marikas about um, pleasure and sex as well and both of those interviews really discuss the fact that we need to stop thinking of sex as only being penis and vagina because that's just a really narrow-minded thought um, that I guess the patriarchy media society has taught us which is wrong Um, But they give some really great, uh, I guess, helpful ways we can really broaden our sexual menu, as we were talking about before, and add more things that aren't necessarily penis and vagina. Lauren, can you recommend three reasons why we still deserve to enjoy pleasure if intercourse is painful for you because you're a human because you're a human and because you're a human um that might seem repetitive Mm. but you every human deserves pleasure you do not have to be doing anything or have any particular you know body abilities to deserve pleasure just because you not have you know Mm. penetrative sex doesn't mean you deserve pleasure any less pleasure is something that everyone has the right to have pleasure no matter what your experience is, no matter what your body is like, you have a right to experience pleasure, however you experience it. And do not compare yourself to how your friend experiences pleasure or your partner or the next person down the road. However you experience pleasure is how you should be experiencing your pleasure. So just because you're human, because we're all human. I couldn't agree with that more. I'm just like right now in my head, I was just picturing like, if you had said that up on stage in front of a crowd of people, there'll just be like a whole bunch of women giving you a standing ovation and clapping right there. Cause I think you are so right. And you just hit the nail on the head. Do you have a motto or quote when it comes to sex that you would like to share with us today? Oh, see, it's funny. My motto is really just like sex should not be painful. Like, which is hilarious that we're talking about mm. this because even when I'm not talking about this in spaces, I always mention that just FYI, sex should not be painful if it is, there are things that can happen. That's my sort of like biggest one. Um, and I think everyone just needs to really sit with that and about the fact that, you know, we pain should not be the normal, but if pain is your normal, then we can change that. Mm, there's people to help yeah. you. Yeah. I love that. And um, where can we book an appointment with you? Do you offer appointments online or is it just in person and how can we follow you? 
Uh, you can follow me on my Instagram, which is Lauren French Sexologist. Uh, there also is a link there to how you can book in an appointment with me. Um, I do do online sessions. So if you're not in Melbourne or in Victoria, that is totally fine. I see people online all the time. I mean, hello, COVID. I think <laughs> I did a whole year of doing nothing but online sessions. So it's definitely something we can do. And we can even do online pelvic floor physio sessions. Uh, if you're somewhere outside of Melbourne, we might get to a point where I we find a great pelvic floor physio near you that you can go see that I can work with. Um, but we can still do a huge amount online. So go and follow uh, me on Instagram and then just go and follow the links in my Instagram in the bio and it'll take you to where you can book in a session with me. Fantastic. I will be putting Lauren's Instagram link in the show notes as well. So go follow her and I'll also attach the website to the play, um, the Australian Institute of sex is it? sexology sexology sexual medicine yeah well there you go i'll be putting the website to that where you can go on and book an appointment with lauren if you wish otherwise thank you so much you are such a delight to interview as always and i really appreciate you coming back to chat with us again of course thank you so much for having me I, this is one of my favorite things to talk about and hey if one person listens to this podcast and goes yeah actually my sex is painful and I kind of want to change that that would make my absolute day mm. so I hope everyone is feeling empowered to go off and have some amazing pleasure and some epic sex whatever that sex means for you and let's just get painful sex in the bin let's just not have it ever <laughs> Never I'm, here see it it. I'm here for it I'm here for it I totally agree all right Thank you very much. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode of The Wow. I hope you enjoyed it and can take away heaps of knowledge and new facts to go on your day with. I release new episodes every Tuesday, so make sure you hit follow if you're listening on Spotify and subscribe if you're on Apple Podcasts so you can tune in next week. Otherwise, come follow us on Instagram at thewowpodcast underscore for more updates. Lastly, before I leave you all, just a friendly little reminder that the information shared in this podcast is general advice only and does not take into account your personal Personal situation or needs. Where appropriate, please consult a professional first. All right, wonderful people, have a lovely day. And I'm on the